Well, as I've said earlier, The Beachcombers pretty much carried me from infancy to adulthood. The show set in Gibson's BC ran from 1972 to 1990, a remarkable 387 episodes. Ask many Canadians, certainly of my vintage, and they'll probably be able to name at least a handful of characters. Nick, Jesse, Relic, Molly, Constable John. In fact, the first episode to air was called Partners. It described how Jesse and Nick formed their business ties. That was 50 years ago this year. It was that partnership between Nick and the late, played by the late Bruno Jerusi and Jesse that really formed the backbone of the show, tracking down logs on the Persephone. Here's one particularly great 1987 episode called Sunday Drive. That bad. You know, I really shouldn't go, Nick. I promised Laurel I'd spend Sunday with Tommy. We never seem to get any time together. You'll make it up to him. It's the least we can do to help a friend. That's what you said about the last time he asked us for help. Remember? Yeah, don't remind me. Why do you think I don't want to go alone? I got a bad feeling about this, Nick. Of course, Jesse Jim was played by Pat John. He passed away earlier this month at the age of 69 in Seashell, not far from where the Beachcombers was filmed uh, for nearly two decades. It's where he was from. His funeral was held uh, yesterday. For millions across Canada and more around the world, uh, he was a trailblazer, an Indigenous actor and residential school survivor who graced our screens with confidence, character, and comic timing. Uh, Here again is that Sunday Drive episode with Constable John at the wheel of a car, Relic, Nick, and Jesse all together. Relic, the abuse this car has taken, I could charge you with destruction of public property. What's that smell? Furthermore, I think I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. Ah, blow it out your nose, flat foot. That's it, I will for sure now. What's that smell? I, th- I, th- I think the brakes are, are overheating. Well, what makes you say that? Because we, we don't have any. <gasps> no br- Well, the actor at the wheel that day, Jackson Davies, worked alongside uh, John for many years on the Beachcombers and kept in touch with him after that. And he joins me now. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, Ben. Thank you for asking me. How did you get involved with the show? Uh, How did you wind up on the Beachcombers? (laughs) You know, I, uh, I, 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 the audition, I think, had one line, uh, uh, and and I I thought it was my acting skill that got me that the part then, but I think they had they had an RCMP uniform that was forty two tall, and I was uh, forty two tall. I think my my audition was, can you say this line? And are you forty two tall? And I went, yeah, I can. Well, I think the other thing was, can you grow a mustache? So uh, yeah, I think I was only going to be in there just because they needed someone to drive a cop car out of a shot, but uh, it, uh, it seemed to work out after that, and I ended up doing sixteen years on it. Yeah. So what did you make of the premise of the show when you first saw it? Because if you look back at just the way the ensemble, it was for 1972, it was a pretty daring uh, cast or pretty daring storyline. Well, you know, it's true. I I was thinking about that not not long ago. I mean, here you have an indigenous person, uh, a kid who's left a residential school, is getting, leaving the reserve, and then he, for some reason, ends up being a partner with his immigrant. And then the two of them go out on this, on this log, and, you know, the boat collecting uh, logs, basically, you know, cleaning up the beaches, very uh, ecology-minded uh, show. And uh, it sounds like something that would be done now, as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, 50 years ago. God, it's hard to say that, 50 years ago. Uh, but it's and a lot of the shows are that way, too. I mean, a lot of the shows that that uh, I've been looking back at them the last week or two, 
you know, an actor sometimes after I was that type of actor who after I did something, I would never watch it. Uh, and I've been going back and taking a look at them and, uh, and, and seeing, you know, I'll have to, you know, through the eyes looking at, at Pat John, we, we call him PJ. So looking back at PJ's work and, and realizing how honest he was, he was, you know, and he didn't get the credit, the actors who play, you know, the, the subtle parts and who, uh, you know, have that strength, don't get the credit. I, I call it the, uh, you know, it's like the rain man, you know, Justin Hoffman got all the, um, of the accolades, but, uh, you know, you know, the other actor, um, Tom Cruise, uh, had the hard part. Right. And, and, and PJ yeah. was that way. He was a great person to bounce something off. He was fun to work with. Uh, he was always prepared uh, and he, he brought joy on so many levels. One thing I noticed, cause I've watched a lot of episodes of the last few weeks as well, uh, was just how, how much all the gags relied on his timing. Yeah, no, he's a great sense of timing. And, uh, and, and the greatest thing about a comic actor are the ones that don't, don't try to play it as a funny moment, right? He just he just plays it from the he plays honesty. And that's another thing for comedy too. If you play it real and you pay, play it honest, it's funny. If you try to push it, then it's uh, it's not it's not quite as uh, as clever. Do you remember meeting him on set? What was he like? Well, you know we. Uh, we met, I started, like I said, in seven, he started, well, he filmed in 71, but he, uh, the series started in 72 and I was there in 74 is we, we found out we had something in common and that's our birthdays, uh, March 17th. Uh, I was 1950. He was uh, 1953. And the idea that we had both had the same birthday, we kind of, kind of hit it off that way. And we'd always make sure we'd, we talk to each other. We'd have, you know, our own little celebrations, uh, and his his mother named him Patrick for St. Patrick's Day. And then I asked my mother why she didn't. She said, "Okay, I, I, I guess I should have." But uh, yeah, so we, you know, we hit it off. He's uh, he was fun to be around. Uh, he had uh, I think I've said this before, but it's true. He had the best laugh in the world. When he would laugh, it would just uh, uh, it'd be great. I would try try everything possible to try to make him laugh, just so I could hear him laugh. <laughs> I mean, over the years, I mean, the show evolved, the characters evolved. Um, how, how was it to be on set through that time? Uh, because clearly, I mean, I, you know, I don't think anyone thought it would last 19 years. Uh, but there no, it went, think, you know, year after yeah, year. I think, uh, I mean, Bruno said, well, I knew, I, I, I think it's going to go five years. Uh, uh, and when I joined it, I thought maybe, you know, I was, I was hoping it would survive my production, my, my performance. But uh, it... Uh, yeah, it, uh, it it did. I mean, you went, when you think of it, it's a small town. Gibson's a small, and Gibson's played Gibson's, right? So it was, it's, we played Canadiana. One of the most thankful things I can say about the show is we wrapped ourselves in the flag. We didn't hide behind, you know, uh, saying that we are a, a town in the Pacific Northwest. We played Gibson's BC, Canada, and we played that for the world. Uh, but you have this small town that from 1971, when we started filming to 1990, a lot changed in the world. And, and we were kind of a little snapshot of all those years, right? Uh, whether it was what the topics were, what we were wearing. Uh, again, we tried to be topical. We tried to, we did shows about, for, you know, first growth forestry. We did shows about the ecology. We did shows about indigenous rights, uh, all, all those things, and uh, diversity, and uh, and uh, when I look back at it, maybe at the time, 
you know, you don't have social media and, and you, you're not always reminded of it. You do the show uh, and then maybe you hear you get a couple of million viewers and maybe someone does a review once in a while. But you just go about your business. And my world was rather small. I lived, you know, in Vancouver and Vancouver, you know, till 85 was pretty small. And uh, uh, you didn't realize it had the impact it had on the world uh, until social media came I mean, I have my picture in front of Molly's Reach. I, I, I know someone in Seashell that was there not long ago. There's a picture of me standing in front of Molly's Reach, you know, at 50. There you go. If that's, a, if that's any indication. And I, I can't tell many people. Even, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if I had a dime for every time someone had a picture in front of Molly's Reach, I think I'd be a rich person. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how did, how did, uh, how, how did, yeah, Pat, how did PJ's, evolve as it because I, I know that he came in this he was he was so young when he started in the show and he sort of played the same character year after year and i can imagine that for all of you that that could be a challenge too yeah it was i mean he had no acting experience uh, i mean he'd uh uh he had none none it uh, and phil keatley the producer wanted people uh who had didn't have a lot of experience that's maybe why he hired me too but he was really important that 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 this character of, of Jesse uh, was an indigenous person who, who knew, you know, how to survive, who knew how to swim, who knew how, how to row up, knew the indigenous life at that particular time. And, uh, you know, PJ was young and, uh, and he, you know, we all learned over the year. I mean, I didn't have a lot of experience either. And uh, we had two wonderful teachers with Bruno Jerusi and Robert Clothier who were, I mean, we're talking world-class actors who worked on Broadway and could, could work anywhere in the world. And we get to work with them. It was like going to school and uh, it was a location show, show. So we'd move up to Gibson's and, uh, and spend time there. And uh, it became, it became a wonderfully kind of quirky family. And uh, you, you have to get along when you, uh, when you work that, uh, you know, that many years together. I'm talking with Jackson Davies, who played Constable John on the Constable John Constable on the Beachcombers for many, many years. We're talking about the life and legacy of Pat John, who passed away um, just a few weeks ago, who played Jesse Jim on the show for many, many years. Perhaps one of the most iconic uh, characters in Canadian television, at least one that was very left a big impression on me as I was growing up. When we come back, just a bit more about the legacy of the show, a bit more about Pat John. That's next. It's my pleasure this half hour to have Jackson Davies with us. He played Constable John on the Beachcombers. We're talking about Pat John, best known for playing Jesse Jim, uh, Jackson's co-star and friend for all those many years who passed away a few weeks ago at the age of 69. Um, what have you made of the outpouring? I was really touched. I, 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 you know, and this is just as a fan of the show, I was really touched by the outpouring of respect and, and, and condolences that, that, that emerged uh, after news of Pat's death uh, became public. You know, I, it was the same with me. It, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it gave me so much love and it kind of broke my heart at the same time. Right. Um, that we, he, you know, he was so, he, it was wonderful to, to hear, I mean, people from all different parts of the country, people from Europe and stuff, it's through the Facebook site is again, the only way that you can kind of contact that as well as you take a look at all the, the news items that are, that are being done. And there was a theme to it about how important he was 
uh, of course he was important to indigenous you know viewers this you know this is the the early 70s and they would not be able to see someone who looked like them on television all right i had someone who actually reached out to me that was in a residential school and she said they the nuns would actually let them watch the beachcombers until I think Jesse got, uh, uh, they started to do a little bit more indigenous shows. And then I think maybe they, they wouldn't let them watch it anymore. But there was so much, uh, there was so much love. I mean, all of a sudden, again, being able to see someone that, that, that looks like them. Plus also, you know, for the non-indigenous uh, uh, audiences, this was a family. Our, our, our viewers were family. It was there's this sense that in everything they said, this was family viewing. This was a time where and everyone would say, I watched it with my dad. I watched it with my mom. We watched it as a family. There's very rare now that they have, you know, um, family shows that people watch as a family. Uh, maybe it was a time where they only had two or three channels and one television. But uh, that time over those period of years, and, and again, we were getting the same numbers as Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, it was it was really wonderful, and uh, it's funny because I, I talked to to BJ a, a week before he passed, and and I was saying, you know, people people love you out there. They, you know, a lot of people had crushes on you, and we laughed about that too. And uh, and I was just hoping that that uh, that he knew how much he was loved by that, uh, you know, by the audience, uh, and and obviously the rest of us too. He didn't act again, did he? After no. That. No, no. He, you know what? I, I, he was, uh, is there a term called accidental actor? I mean, he, he did it. I think he, I think he was working. He left high school or, or residential school and then he was working a sawmill. And then he, he got it. He said, well, this maybe it's a kind of an interesting job. And, uh, and like all of us, we didn't think it would go 19 years. Uh, and maybe by that time he, uh, he was a bit tired of it. I mean, he was in most of the episodes. I mean, I did, I did 250, but he did 370 or whatever, right? Uh, yeah. And and it was very difficult for him. I mean, he was he was kind of living in two worlds. He was living in the indigenous world. He was living in this the the, the world of, of of television, which at that time was particularly white, right? So he was living in and splitting those uh, those worlds. And he, you know, he had some difficulties. It was time. I mean, when you have some money when you're 18, 17, and 18 years old, uh, you know, you get a lot of friends. And some people are there for the wrong reasons. And uh, he had, uh, you know, there were some, some, some problems. But the beautiful thing was, and I always thank Bruno for this. I, I think you got into a situation in CBC. We're kind of wanting to dump him. And Bruno's great line is said, you know, if, if Pat goes, I go. Uh, meaning that I'm going to stand up for this guy here. You uh, you take this kid and uh, and you expect him to be perfect. Well, nobody's perfect, but uh, he uh, that the love that was out there uh, from everyone uh, it just uh, it it made me feel so good. And I and I you know I hope somewhere someplace that uh, he's he's smiling. I hope so. Yeah. Any yeah. any 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 one particular memory from the show that really stands out to you of the two of you together? Oh God. Probably so many, so many, right? It's probably so many. It's just, and he was, um, he was fun. Cause I would try to, I would try to kind of break him up and he was really hard to break up. And, uh, and, uh, he's, he, and I, and I'm dyslexic and have some learning disabilities and I have sometimes difficult 
pronouncing some words and he used to give me a rough time and then there was one time i think he had, the line was it's it's i think we got bruno's character bought got a ferrari or something instead of you know a, and that was a company car and um, pj's character was a little mad at bruno because he got the company car and in his line he was fixing a boat and the, and the line was it's the company winch uh winch rather but he kept saying winch and and then of course the 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 show went, went. I think we ended up doing twenty takes on it, and and we ended up changing the part because once I started laughing, and then he did too. It was coming out winch every time. The company winch actually has an interesting connotation now that I think of it. But <laughs> it winch was a problem, so I I could laugh at him because uh, I was there many times on my own. Well, it sounds like you had both a beautiful working uh, relationship, but also a great friendship as well over the many many years. It must have been uh, yeah, must have been special yeah. yeah. And, and the interesting thing about, you know, Pat, you know, tended to, he ended up, you know, fishing and, and crabbing and, and uh, doing some things for a long time. And I kind of lost touch with him. And uh, and then I think it was on my birthdays, because I always used to try and track him down on my birthdays and, you know, cell phones changes and numbers and things like that. But uh, over the last uh, couple of years, uh, we've gotten a lot closer and we spent some time together. And I tried to call him every couple of weeks. And, uh, and, uh, uh and it was it was fun again. Same Pat, I've got the sharpest mind. Uh, we, you know, old guys, you know, can be sitting around talking about things, and you go, you know, that what's his name or whatever, whatever, you know, that time that. Right. Well, he remembers what's his name. He knows all. He said, "Oh, you mean that guy?" And I'm going, "How do you do that? How can you remember all those things?" But uh, yeah, sharp as a sharp as a wit, sharp as a tack. Jackson Davies, thank you so much for your time tonight. And I'll have to go back and find an episode of Jesse laughing just to hear that laugh, that laugh again. <laughs> I really appreciate That's it. Been. My pleasure. Thanks, Ben.